No, sometimes you have to work things simultaneously in order to get that harvest, you know, so you kind of have to, you know, do what you have to do in the meantime to, you know, make it work. And that's what's going to show your your entrepreneurial spirit that what is this really for you? Is this really what you want to do? Hey, what's going on? Is your host, Tolu Oyemi, doing the most? Let's get to it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Now back to the episode. Hey, 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 what's going on, my masterminds? Is your kid Tolu? We got another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Lloyd Leia in the house, the queen of Airbnb and cryptocurrency. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here, you know. Now, we we excited to to learn from you because you definitely got things popping and at such a young age too as well. It's fascinating to see, you know, cuz we were just having an earlier conversation talking about you know, like how technology in, in the world is moving so fast, but you know, thank you. Yes. Um it, it was definitely something that I love both industries. I felt that I had to get into the get into more traditional um, avenues. And then it's just, it's taken off in a whole new way. And it, it's made me look at the future in, in an entirely different way. Like I can't even see myself going the traditional real estate route or really going traditional banking routes for anything anymore. Wow. Um, yeah the world has really um changed because yeah thinking thinking about it i like going back you know you were taught that kind of you know you go to college you know degree and then you know you get a good job and then you get to home and you you do the whole you know steps to this whole life thing that they kind of lay out for you and then when you start actually getting out here and seeing what you know freedom really looks like from a personal standpoint so when i say freedom i mean like real financial freedom being in control of your money entirely and not having a middleman to you know you if you have money in the bank you shouldn't have to go through two three and four people to withdraw money or you don't have to explain yourself when you need to take out a loan or when you need to do something so um just seeing those options that weren't available in traditional avenues or you know, I went. I thought traditionally that I wanted to get into real estate and start flipping homes and stuff. And you know, um, you me being so young, I had these ambitions at you know seventeen, eighteen years old, and being that young, I did have you know credit, and it wasn't like an avenue for someone to get into that industry. Um, and it was kind of, it was a little discouraging. So I kind of, you know, found my avenue and I was like, oh, well, you know, Airbnb is another way that I can, you know, start making the, you know, rental income. I can start playing around with real estate and then actually realize that this is bigger than real estate. This is gonna change the way people transact globally because now that I start like um, talking to other hosts in other countries, like it really, it, the this is a whole new business model they are able to you know rent out their properties to tourists without such a you know hassle they don't have to go through the banks they don't have to be hotel owners they have to have permits and things like that so it just allows them to you know be able to move and through do different things and i'm like and then when we start talking about getting into cryptocurrency and being everything you know, that's a whole nother thing because it's another thing the rap bookings 
from your guests and then on top of that you know they're paying you in cryptocurrency so it's like you get that money instantly it's no no fees well it's minimal fee involved but it's not like bank fees or anything like that it's no holds on your money versus you know going through airbnb where you do have to you know wait a day or so but um I still love them because it's like even with other platforms and other payment processors, it may take two and three days for your payment to clear. So, um, yeah, this is just uh, it's crazy times that we're living. Definitely, and um, you know, one one thing that's exciting is like the Airbnb part. Um, I could see that you know because I'm seeing a lot of um, entrepreneurs, especially you know, female entrepreneurs, uh, you know, black women getting into Airbnb, but the cryptocurrency side of things, that's, that's really fascinating because I see very few entrepreneurs talking about cryptocurrency and then to see a black woman talking about cryptocurrency, that's such, and it's like legendary to be uh, honest, because it's kind of like, wow, like how did you get into that? But before we, we get into that good stuff, let's let's rewind to the beginning um what what made you decide to go kind of like the entrepreneurship route could you talk about like your your upcoming your background kind of like you know like the early days before you know the airbnbs and the cryptocurrencies well um a little bit about my background and my childhood both of my parents are entrepreneurs so i kind of seen that you know growing up i seen the hustle i seen the grind um so and my mother she was a single mother so it was like i i definitely seen that she had she is the original side hustle queen like i saw it firsthand so it's just like how could i how could i not you know and i you know i kind of got into when you know, going through school and everything, you know, it was drilled into you so much that, you know, college, college, college. But I didn't know how to make the entrepreneurship and the college thing work. So, um, just, you know, I was always, you know, that hustling little kid. I started, like, you know, selling community at school and elementary school. And I did that from elementary to high school. Like, I was the candy girl. And I was selling snacks at school. You come to my locker, I got what you need. It's like, that was just always me. So I always knew I wanted to make my own money. And then um, when I was about 16, um, my mother suggested that, you know, this is when Instagram boutiques, you know, were weren't a thing. It was just kind of like, you know, people selling, you know, stuff through pages, and you know, it was just that. So she suggested that, you know, I start a Instagram boutique that service, you know, post operational garments, so like waist trainers and butt lifters and stuff like that. And I was like, that is a great idea because everybody's getting their bodies done. And you know, I started that, and that was like a drop shipping business that I was doing from AliExpress, and I was taking my payments through PayPal. Um, and then at the time, I didn't know that you had to be 18 to have a PayPal account. So I got my first experience dealing with a middleman payment process banking system, and mm. I was having so many transactions come through um, that they shut my account down because I was underage. So they froze my money from 16 to 18. So in that time, I had to figure out, you know, well, okay, can't have another PayPal. I really can't do my online business thing. Maybe let me focus on, you know, trying to go to college. So that kind of discouraged me a little bit because it was just like, oh, well, dang, you just freeze your money like and now i can't run my business like i was doing so good like yeah and, and, and talking talking about the uh instagram boutique because 
Talk about like building that brand to be able to get to the point whereby people come on there, they like the aesthetics, they start. How did you, did you have like a website built out for it where you kind of like were DMing you and you were taking orders that way? Could you, could you talk about that experience? Sure. So um, when back in those early days, I didn't even have a website. I was doing PayPal invoices. So this is how I would set up with those. So I would, you know, post um, the pictures from my vendors or, you know, I would post like the Instagram influencers with the items that I had on. Um, so that was my whole experience. I was kind of savvy in Photoshop. So I would, you know, Photoshop little backgrounds, make it look cool and everything. Um, but I didn't have a website at all. I didn't really um, know that that's what that was needed at the time. I was just taking PayPal invoices through DMs. Um, so people would like just be DMing me all day through Instagram and I would literally be in the back of the class sneaking because my high school you couldn't have a cell phone like during school hours you, they would like confiscate your phone in the beginning of the day and then they give it back to you at the end of the day um, but I would sneak my home in school and um, so I, just so I can you know do my invoices during the day because I knew I had customers so I would literally be in the back of the class doing my invoices um, having my mom package the orders and go to that XY, that school and stuff like that. Um, so that was kind of the whole little thing. And then like building um, that trust with your customers. So it was really more so, you know, just being able to deliver. Um, I had the products that I already needed. It was quality. Um, and I, I just, it just kind of went from there. Um, I understood the power of like testimonials and stuff. So I would, you know, like post my reviews or, you know, post my clients in the outfits once they got them. Um, so that really just kind of built that trustworthiness on Instagram. Um, and after that, I turned the page actually. So when I started, um, when I had got my PayPal access back, I had turned the brand um, from It was turn up time when she got yeah. PayPal back. <laughs> yes, once I, my money was out, it was, it was go time. It was I, go time for sure, for sure. I had two years to figure out what I was going to do with that money once it was unlocked. So I was like, okay, once the money was unlocked, it was time to turn up. And by this time, it's two years later and the hair thing was away. So I was like, okay, boom, I'm going to start my hair brand. And that was kind of that's the money into that. I got a small loan from my mother and we I, I just did the whole hair boutique thing and it was really more so back then my passion was very I was very much so into fashion. So all of these small ventures were kind of leading up. I wanted I knew I had to have a lot of capital to start a clothing line. Um and at the time I was in college to um be a fashion designer. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna do these small little, you know, side hustles to kind of, you know, stack my money up. So when I graduate college, I'll be able to start, you know, my clothing line. So that was my whole idea and vision. Um but it ended up not working out that way. Once I started college, I realized I'm like, okay, well, I'm really not getting any real world experience in my field. Um, I'm already entrepreneur, so I know how to make money. So you guys are not teaching me how to make money. What are you really teaching me that I can just kind of, you know, go out here and, you know, get my feet wet a little bit and see how this works, you know, firsthand real world experience. Um, and through this journey of kind of like that was my goal if my whole goal was kind of you know raising capital so i was doing all these ventures to raise capital and in between that i kind of just realized that my passion was really being able to help other people do what i was doing because i'm like it, as i started these ventures you know 
fails and trials and success and everything like that, it's made me realize like, I just, I looked at my peers and everyone around me and I'm like, okay, you guys are in positions and you're not, you know, necessarily happy with where you are and it doesn't really align with your goals, but all you need is to get money out of the way. All, everybody, all you get, all people talk about is money, you know, getting the, the their money problems out the way and then they'll be happy or they'll be this or they'll be that. And I was like, well, let me show you guys how to make money because it's easy to me. I can start a business and get it going. Why don't I just show you guys how to get your money out of the way so that you can start focusing on what you really want to do and get into be who you want to be because that holds a lot of people back um, is money. So and that's nothing. It comes in abundance. It's some things are, you know, just simple steps and processes that you have to take and boom, there goes the money. So, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. So that's where I come in. No, no, that, that's awesome. And I think when you look at uh, what's happening today, there's so much of that whereby people want to learn how to get, you know, I mean, let's, let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a hustle out here and it's a race. And, you know, people are looking for people they can tap into that can teach them game, like how to level up, how to go get the bag. And uh, Forbes and even a lot of like the female entrepreneurs I've been talking about and talk to, it's, it's crazy for them too, because there's an explosion of, you know, black female entrepreneurs. I'm talking about from everybody, you know, Judy Booty to Super Cent to you, Ronnie Brown, you know, like anybody who's anybody. And it's, it's really interesting to see the utilization of like social media, but like each person has their own like unique like gift of talent or like what they bring to the table in terms of um their own business model or like how they, how they operate in the world like what does that mean to you seeing like you know a lot of these you know black females and you being kind of part of that too as well and it's like this explosion of business it means so much to me because it's like black women in general have been kind of put in this you know box or category and we've been limited for so long when we we birthed the nation we you know raised the generations and we are the teachers before they get to school and we, we set the tone for people's lives so just to see you know this new emergence of women in business and women in a position of power it's like refreshing it's like this is where this is where the world is going and these are the voices that need to be teaching these are the voices that need to be leading so it's just amazing to to just see it all and experience it all and be a part of it because it's like it goes so much further than you know just business and it goes much further than you know physical and tangible things like black women we are powerful and we have to let that out and we have to you know voice that and let that shine so it's just like share the spotlight on on all the women all the black women in business because i I love it and i love to hear everyone's perspectives and where their viewpoints and where they come from in the world and it kind of shapes you know who they've become and what they had to offer so yeah 100 percent right and um 
it, it is great to see the community, like the support within. I think that's one key factor that uh, probably other people don't notice. But black women, they like supercharge each other up like big times. Like, and it is also interesting to see because from the, the males too, I feel like it's a it's a it's still like years and years behind in terms of like you know uh the males when, but you, you're starting to see like you know like earn your leisure and you know the black wolf front and like some the rashads and you know like but it obviously is it, not as um developed it's not as forthcoming it's still but what, what do you think about that in terms of like you know uh that that perspective or that aspect of like the the black male entrepreneurs it's it's arising because they are it, it's like the divine feminine and the divine masculine we we both have to work our communities and we have to do our part so as women we have to you know empower the 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 next generation of other women and leaders and rise them up but as men you guys have this whole responsibility of really coming together unifying everything keeping everything protected keeping everything sacred it's like to see what you guys can do and you guys sit there and mastermind and really put things together it's like it's action it, it's it's just all action and i love it um the you know women empowerment that is beautiful but to really see men unite and really want to teach others and you know, take it a step further and really build communities up. That's that's just another a whole another experience. And once we're able to join those two fronts together and really do oh, yeah. when you talk about the rise of a nation, we are going to rise in the most powerful way because it's we're we're talking about group economics now. We're talking about, you know, really building nations and really solidifying our place in the world for us. And you know Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a powerful um way to phrase that because it it, it is true. And um it's also exciting to see the younger generation catch on. And because there's still a lot of divide in terms of like, you know, it being ignorant, and, you know, you know, being a hot boy, you know, just being like, you know, like caught up with everything. But also you're seeing, I spoke to, his name is Ron and his episode is going to come out uh, the week after, but he's 15 years old and this kid opened up, you know, Trishana, Trishana with, uh, What's her name? Sierra, uh, Esquire. Yeah. yeah. So, Trishana had a like the ice cream thing in uh, Nebraska. So this kid, 15 years old, he's working there and he gets inspired by what she's doing, and he opens up a like it's like a do rag, you know, like your bonnet kind of like store. But he opens up the young, he's the youngest storefront owner in that area ever. And he's 15 and I was talking to him about it. And he was just talking about like the influences and like what he sees around him. And, you know, that's powerful because it just goes to show like, you know, social media and like what people see and the influences 
it is a powerful thing like yeah we want to turn up and we, you know we want to yeah be reckless and some you know but at the same time it's like looking at the entirety of our people so it's, it's exciting to, to see all of that but um you know going back to you know the instagram boutique and you know when paypal he was 18 and he was like it's turn up time and uh how did business evolve from there it, it evolved in in a greater way because now okay at that point i'm like okay i dropped out of college i told my mom look i'm dropping out of college and she's like well if that's what you're going to do you need to get a real world education so that just stuck with me the entire time so i'm like how do i turn entrepreneurship into a college degree in education so i had to break it down like i needed to get all of the books that i could read i had to figure out marketing i had to you know study rates i had to you know figure out all these tools and small little you know nuances to the game so at that point it's like it just emerged so um i'm looking at business differently i'm like okay well i gotta find a payment processor that i trust but then it's like it goes deeper to that because now i'm sourcing out all of these payment processors from stripe to um square and you know a bunch of other different payment processes that i'm figuring out well it's not anything wrong with the payment processors there's something wrong with the banking system so it just took me back to crushing on bitcoin and the blockchain and cryptocurrency um I was already familiar with the industry. I was a consumer. I had never been actually, you know, in the, you know, investment side of things and really actually putting, you know, my savings and anything into Bitcoin. I was just using it as a consumer. So it just made me really think about, you know, what the whole world could be like and what it could turn into, you know, now that. So it's the whole thing I, I figured out you know the money part and then i figured out you know the marketing part and branding and, and everything so i just really turned it into a, a degree i got a degree in entrepreneurship and it elevated me because each step of the way i started to learn you know different skills i started to grow and i started to build and during that time you know kind of it was the hair industry was kind of sort of saturated but that's why I say I I had to learn marketing so at the time it was like the business my, the hair company wasn't self-sustaining all the time so you know I had to pick up other side jobs um and it just your life is is it's kind of like I don't I don't want to say it's set in stone or it's already written or anything like that because I believe we create our lives but everything happens for a reason because by me having to go out and get those side jobs those side jobs turned into skills that i can use now so I could you explain some of some of those side jobs like or side hustles okay so um i was an assistant front desk manager at um the hilton hotels so i learned hospitality from the the front like i, I understood the customer base i understood you know especially with our corporate clients needed like those people that were going to stay with us for a month they you know they stay with us for a month they leave for a week and then they come back for another month and those those type of people and how they travel and then i understood you know the weekenders the staycationers i really got to understand hospitality from a 
broader perspective and this is something that I never thought that I would do. I wasn't interested in it. It was just a job to me at the time, but it, I've seen how I learned that skill. I learned how to operate. I learned the housekeeping systems. You know, I learned the management side of things. Um, you know, the ordering supplies, everything, all of that stuff that I was learning being, you know, a front desk manager. I, I didn't even know what I was learning it for. I just knew like, noted, I'm going to keep this information in the back of my mind and I'm going to turn it into something. Um, and then at the same time I was working that job, um, I was also a um, fleet manager management consultant. So um, I was helping other small businesses um, get loans, well, financing for their um, fleets of vehicles. So wow. I was like, oh, I got to see how other business owners, you know, how their finances work and um, how they kind of, you know, structure their businesses um, and just, you know, the advantages of, of having a fleet and then I've seen what they were actually using the vehicles for because it was sometimes it was like I would um companies would come across my desk and I would be like well what does this person even need a car for um mm. and it just made me think well even talking to them and kind of like you know probing that people use you know fleet vehicles for so many different things some people you know had enough small limousine services other people you know had employees that needed vehicles other people you know rented their excuse me, running their vehicles out on the side. And this is before Toro. So um, now this was a little before Toro, I want to say it was in like 2016, 2017. Um, so I was finding like some people were just getting cars to rent them out on Craigslist, um, you know. So I was like, you know, it's different things. Other people were using it for marketing. So we had um, people, you know, that needed their vehicles wrapped. It was other people that actually needed, you know, vehicles to, you know, construction and just, you know, bakeries and stuff like that. They needed larger sprinter type vehicles to transport things. But it just got me to see, you know, how other people ran their small businesses, what small businesses look like, their finances and everything. Because at first I was just restyling. Um, so to kind of see that back end side of everything of how like a company looks on paper and what's needed for a company to qualify for a loan and things like that. It just was so much information that I was gaining and I did not know what I was gaining it for. And it, you know, years down the line, these turned into businesses. They turned into skills that I could leverage. Um, so, it, um, just taking that time and kind of really being all in because I was all in on my hair business. I wanted to see it grow. I wanted to see it succeed. I wanted to turn it into a million dollar company. Um, and I was going so hard to do that. That's why I picked up those jobs. Cause I'm like, I need to, you know, I can't live off this business. I need to, you know, support myself with one income, but then I actually have to support my business with another income. So it's like, I needed two jobs and I needed to work my hustle at the same time. Um, and a lot of people, you know, get that confused. They think you have to be all in on one or the other. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to work things simultaneously in order to get that harvest, you know? So you kind of have to, you know, do what you have to do in the meantime to, you know, make it work. And that's what's going to show your, your entrepreneur spirit that what is this really for you is this really what you want to do it makes you think about why are you actually doing this um because many times i had to reevaluate like what have you been doing this for i know i can't be doing it for the money because i'm not moved by money i'm trying to do this for a bigger picture and then i started to see that i'm trying to do this so I can, I'm really doing this. This is so I can show other people that it is possible because it's not impossible. So I'm just trying to That's prove right. a point and then it, yeah, everything just kind of happened like that. 
Nah, that's that's uh, super dope, especially not being moved by money because it seems like nowadays everybody is moved by money, especially. I think like the the social media plays a, a big part in that. And I think that's just life in general. But in terms of, because it's interesting, like the skills from, you know, fleet management and financing and, you know, hospitality and then being able to start because like the, the hair business, that's extreme. In fact, my first uh, interview was with, uh, man, what's his name? something davis and he uh helps run like facebook ads for like hair boutiques and things like that um and he was talking about it's cutthroat it's super competitive there's females 16 17 18 and they've got it on lock and they, they get houses and they get watches and they get cars and like they got it on point the hair business is so cutthroat and then it's kind of like it's kind of like network marketing to a certain extent because it's like if anybody can do it if you just tap into your network and your area and you just keep that area online because once you have your specific clientele they like your quality they like your prices or whatever the case may be they're locked in for life women get their hair done every week every two weeks you know so it's like those they're going to come back like that like so it's just when when you have it built to a you know when you have your brand built to a certain point it's like you in there it's but it's not a little business either because they'll go to the next person they gotta sell next week so mm. it's, it's super duper competitive like you can have a lifetime customer today and then she'll be gone tomorrow if she see a good sale with somebody that has the same quality as you so Mm. And I've heard you, and I think within the the show so far, branding. It seems like you you have some like know how. Like what what does branding mean to you, and how do you kind of like think about like aesthetics and how your brand resonates with people, and how you use your brand as a as a lead magnet to kind of draw people in. Branding is so important because it is, it's your baseline, it's your storyline, it is, you know, essentially your bio, like who you are, what you stand for, and what are people coming to you for. So you have to, you have to portray that in everything from your content, from your interactions, um, in person and, you know, online, because when you're running an online business, people have to feel you. Like you have your personality to speak through, you know, the camera, your energy has to, you know, you have to exude this personality. So it's that's where the brand comes into key and everything plays a part from the colors, um, from, you know, the elements that you use, fonts, everything is like super important when it comes to branding because you have to keep that consistent story across the board. And that's what um customers or you know people in general like is you know consistency and they like you know when it comes to marketing and branding when they go hand in hand it's like um you have to give them a story well not even give them a story if your story resonates with somebody it has to you know all the way resonate with them through all of those different elements so it's just like you know everything has to be consistent across the board when it comes to branding and it's like 
super duper important and I had to build it, you know, uh, along the way and kind of figure out my groove of things and the story that I wanted to tell because as you can see, I had a lot going on. So it's like kind of conveying that message that what the message that you want to get across is um, kind of a lot because everybody has stories and everybody has, you know, different pieces and parts of their story that people can resonate. But it's like, what what part of this story do you think is going to impact people the most and focus on that and kind of build off of that? Wow. Okay. That's that's interesting. Um, the the evolution, right? From hair boutique and what 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 happened with that? Did you kind of like sell that business and you realize that you know what? Maybe I want to pivot to a different direction. Did the opportunity come across your way? How how did um the next steps kind of occur for you? Um. Well, it got to a point where I was like what am I, I had to reevaluate things. So I'm like, what am I even doing this for? And it got to the point where it was like, you're you're just doing this for money and I do not like that. Mm. It's not, that wasn't for me. I can convey an honest story through just doing it for money. And hair is not, I'm, I'm not a hair enthusiast. I'm not a hair girl. I don't care about my hair hair. <laughs> I do it because I don't like to look presentable, but yeah. for the most part, I really don't care. So it's like I can't convey an honest story to you, like and tell you like my hair is so good. And even though it is, and it can, it can do all it says it does, but it's not coming across like that because I don't care about it. So it's just like it, it it's whatever. I can tell you all day like this is the best hair in the world, and you're gonna look so good in it. Look how good I look in it. But then, like, tomorrow you see me and my hair is a mess. I don't give a damn about it. It's like, it it doesn't add up. So it was like, okay. Like, once I kind of realized that it wasn't, you know, any, it it wasn't anything, you know, left for me to, you know, genuinely give to that business. I really kind of, you know, put that into the back burner um, and I really had just focus on my original goal was, you know, creating my clothing line. So I started doing that. I seen, you know, how it worked and I would, you know, kind of made that work. I'm like, you know, this is my passion right now. This is my business. I can keep this going because I have a lot of passion for it. Um, and- yeah, clothing lines seem to be one of those sweet spots that if you can hit it right, like you can really do some serious damage. But at the same time, this day they down the block got a clothing line. Deontay Shaniqua, she, they got a clothing line, and it's kind of like, what makes that clothing line come alive? Like your uh, Spurgles or your Milano, you know, like there's so many different clothing lines, and there's even more between, like more like smaller size ones, but they still have like a real strong following behind it, like. You know, there's a lot of people in there that like support that clothing line and, you know, share with their friends and, you know, family and they get people on it. So what like I'm excited to hear about your your journey with the clothing line and kind of like where it is today and kind of like some of the experiences that you went through with it. So I from college, like the information that I gathered from college, I realized I knew that it was a commodity you know, this business and, you know, fashion, fashion was, is, is a thing. So you kind of have to make ready wear and you have to, you know, consistently keep inventory. So that was kind of, you know, just my whole outlook behind it. And at first, 
going into it is like your visions kind of always change once you get new information so i'm thinking you know that it's going to kind of be something very unique to me to my personal style and then when i get out here in the instagram fashion world it's like this is not what they want like well and it's like it is a customer base out there for that but if we're talking about you know doing major numbers and then I had already had experience in the drop shipping world. So that was kind of the business model that I was going for. So I'm like, well, if I, you know, I'm going to go the drop shipping method and, you know, kind of drop all of my items, they kind of have to be, you know, they kind of have to be plain. They have to be something that everyone wants. Um, I can, you know, I don't have to keep it on inventory. I can, you know, just buy a few pieces, do a photo shoot, and then have the pre-order and just order it like that. So I kind of kept it you know, the fast fashion type leisure wear um, thing. Um, so that, my whole experience with that, it was, it, I love it kind of because it, it, it's a commodity. People always, you know, want clothes and in this world, it's like this consumer based world. It's like, they're mm-hmm. they're always on the internet. They're always buying stuff. Um, so that um, just kind of, turn into another thing as well because I understood well people actually like the clothes that I wear personally so it, I, I was thinking that maybe you know maybe I need to create clothes for myself but then I'm like I don't need to reinvent the wheel let me just resell and recycle the clothes that I already have in my closet and it kind of dove me deeper I just realized this the other day I'm like some mostly all of my business is kind of centered around the sharing economy so I kind of a little fell back on the inventory of my drop shipping inventory and just strictly started focusing on you know designer items or you know pieces that from other you know fashion designers that were already made I just curate them at my closet on Depop or Macari Poshmark and I sell items out of closet kind of consignment style so um it's like I don't even have to really have that much upfront inventory, so to speak. Um, and when it comes to marketing that business, um, it's just having them on so many different platforms and, you know, Facebook ads, just getting getting the product in front of somebody's face today is, is not the hard part anymore. You just have to exactly know who you're looking for. And I know looking for because these clothes kind of they come out of my you know closet um can you hear me yes i can hear you crystal clear my headphones went dead but it sounds even better now to be honest oh okay perfect um but yeah so um just uh kind of you know recycling the clothes that i already had and then um now kind of like utilizing business credit now i know a little bit more so it's like okay i can go to other consignment stores i can source these items um or i can you know i have a virtual assistant so she spends tons of hours on depop and macarians finding like low priced um items that we can you know just turn around and flip so um just kind of taking advantage of like many different areas and avenues is the key point i feel to like entrepreneurship and really um creating financial freedom so to speak because you kind of have you have to have multiple different avenues because when things slow up here things might pick up over here so you know yeah nah you're 100 right and being able to leverage um experiences and, and transforming that into multiple streams of income 
because you're right like you'd be surprised like how something that's going extremely fast today tomorrow is it, it it's it's slow and you saying to yourself all right if this is slow what can i put my attention on or what have i already built to the point whereby it's monetized and i can kind of put more energy toward that and you know serve people and, and bring in more income um so it's interesting too as well because the boutiques i've never i mean not that i'm going around trying to search for boutiques and something like that but i always thought that the more like uniquely curated they were the more value they would bring to people and like if there was a certain style and there was somebody that was you know like the brand like face behind it because i feel like nowadays people want to see the person's like the, your your narrative and your story and like what did you go through like because across social media everybody is selling something so it's kind of like you got to be you got to do that much more to like people won't even recognize like i feel like we're so desensitized just because like information is coming at us faster than it's ever had and it's only going to keep on getting faster and faster so having like a real strong solid brand helps you to cut through all the noise so that when people uh, come across what it is that you do they're like this is what i'm looking for exactly and it's, it goes to your exact point those like specifically curated brands they have a specific target audience that they they know exactly to the t who that person is their age you know what they like to do what they like to wear so that is that's highly important and when it comes to creating um a fashion brand is actually knowing who is going to wear these clothes how are they going to feel when they wear these clothes and you know what story are you going to tell behind each piece um so those brands that are specifically curated they are highly popular um but it's I would say you kind of have to tap into those markets. So when I, though it, it's a whole bunch of fast fashion people out there that need little leisure items and their, you know, selling point is more so price. So if you're thinking about a customer that's more so concerned on price, you kind of, you know, want to keep items that are low price, but they can get a lot of them. They can come to your boutique and they can get it every week. They can get a new piece every week because it's so affordable. But then there's other people, you know, that like to shop in the high end and they want unique pieces. So, um, it's something out there for everybody um, and you just really have to figure out how to tap into that specific person who well those specific people who are they and how do you get into that community and I now I'm starting to see like when it comes to marketing it's really community based you have to focus on building a community or tapping into an existing network and a, an existing community and figuring out how to serve them um so. Yep. Community. That's it. Community is is where it's at. And I feel like when people see that you have some sort of community, they respect you that much more because it's somewhat difficult to build a community, especially a community where other people can easily tap in, feel welcome, you know, crack jokes like, you know, like all um, people that are similar to them. And I think that in itself is an inherent value because it's like, there's, there's people like me that I can tap into that either going through what I'm going through or I can bounce ideas off. You know, it's, it's, that's like human nature. We just want to be around people that 
uh, dope people that motivate people just like us and um, we can connect with. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So how did uh, from the from the clothing line and you were like, you know what? I don't want to necessarily do things for money with hair boutique. And then you went to the clothing line after that. How what was the What was the next step? Was it like because I'm interested in. Uh, I want to hear about like the Airbnb and like how that came across or like the cryptocurrency because it seems like you have like this journey and you know yes. like, you're evolving as time goes on and like you're, you're learning and taking all this information and, and, and creating new experiences. So from the the clothing boutique to the Airbnb, so that kind of all happened at the same time. So wow. um, in 2017, it was like, okay, I'm gonna go all in on the, the projects that I initially set out to do. So it was like, I initially thought, okay, when I graduated from high school, I'm like, okay, I gotta go to college. So my whole plan was I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get this fashion degree. And by the time I get this fashion degree, I would have worked my side hustles well enough that I'm gonna have this, you know, savings and I'm gonna be able to, you know, I'm gonna have the capital that I need to start with no problem. Mm -hmm. So, but then it was just like, I know that real estate is a pillar of wealth. So I, you know, I'm always taking in new information. So same time I'm in high school, um, I took the uh, Jay Morrison Academy um, real estate class. So I'm like, okay, wow. I want to know. I thought I'm thinking out. I, I want to flip. So mm. it's like I'm, I'm, you know, 17, 18 years old, and I don't have the capital. I don't have the credit. So I'm like, okay, that's a thought. I'm gonna put it on the back burner until I get there. Until I get out of college, and then I'm gonna have this is my whole plan. I'm thinking I'm gonna have all the money I need, and everything's just gonna fall into place after I graduate college and get this degree. Um, but none of that happened. So um, I'm at the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to start that clothing line. I'm going to get into the real estate industry and, you know, this is what I'm going to do. So started the clothing line, boom, and I got my first Airbnb. Well, I was running out my own personal property because I still, at the time, I still wasn't in the right position. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to, okay, so from the, from the clothing line, <laughs> and then you said you started your own soul. You had your own rental property. Well, I was running out my condo, so this is this is the part that I was at. I'm like, okay, I I'm starting this whole new business, this boutique over. So I need to make some extra money to provide for myself. So mm -hmm. I already know that I have this condo in Atlantic Station. I can leverage that. I can get. Okay, how do we get to the condo though? Um, the oh well, the condo came about from like just all the hustle, like. I, it, it's just all the hustle and then like really I on this journey when I say it was like no nonsense period like most people would think that in my you know early 20s and my late teens and stuff like everybody when they're partying clubbing and this and that and no I'm 100% on the grind all day long, hustle, everything's going to my savings, everything's going to my business. And I know that's hard to believe to be like, damn, you know, you really were that disciplined, but no, it, it, I had I had a goal. I'm like, I need to do all of these things in a short amount of time, so how do I get there? And I had no time to waste at all. Um, so that kind of, that did afford me, you know, to be able to, you know, have luxury items, because I wasn't, you know, tricking off in the club every weekend. and doing all the foolishness um so you know that that's where that came about um i just kind of already you know 
I through business through hustle I already kind of had it you know like that and you know I had built up this lifestyle and like I this is what I want to do this is where I want to live and then understanding manifestation I knew that I had to be in the right environment to keep all mm-hmm. this going environment is like very important to me um you just because it helps you manifest more when you're in a comfortable environment and you kind of you get to kind of see the things around you and visualize because that's what I, I try to focus on that um I try to focus on visualization a lot um trying to have an imagination and kind of see the things that you want before you you actually get them because it'll put you in that feeling of already having them and it'll make it that much easier for you to manifest um so that was that I'm like I, I want to be in a condo in Atlanta in Atlanta Station because I'm this entrepreneur hey. so that's where that but even though I could you know barely afford it sometimes with the with the way entrepreneurship be it's like dang you might can afford it you know but it puts you in a position point. too because now that you are in it then your back is against the wall and then you got to start thinking to yourself like okay how, how am I going to make this work who do I have to hit up? What do I have to build? It like, it puts you in a goal mode. Exactly, because at that moment, it was like, okay, I, I'm starting this business. I barely, you know, I'm trying to get it off the ground. I'm putting all of, you know, the extra little stuff that I have into it. But then it's like, okay, I still got to pay this rent. And how do I do this? Um, so, you know, CEO, Maddie J, he is my mentor. He um, lived right across the street from me in Atlantic Station. And he had posted one day, um, who would like to come help me move in exchange for free game? And I was like, well, hell yeah, I would like to, you know, help you move in exchange for free game. I need to figure out how to pay this rent. And I'm trying to, you know, make some things shake. So that I went over there and that's exactly what happened. I helped him uh, move out of one of his condos and move into another one. And during the whole time, he's teaching me the whole process of how this works, how much this costs, how you're supposed to do this, everything. I'm talking about one whole full day. I got his whole Airbnb business model. And he was like, I mean, people do not understand the power of free information and when it's good information you people sleep on free information so much you know they think that it's, it's a bunch of fluff but I, hands up honest to god i created my entire business off of the information that i gained that day and it has mm. taken me so far and even after that even you know paying for sessions with him and just you know getting further mentorship and coaching it's like Every when you got somebody that's gonna give you straight up information and like it is they want to see you succeed. That is exactly if you if you execute, that's exactly what's gonna happen. You're gonna succeed. So um, it's just all about taking that action. So it's like okay, boom! I got the information. I took the action. Put the listing up on Airbnb. Got my um, first booking within 48 hours, and I was like, oh, this is Off this is how races. this works. Yep. And, like. So I got, you know, some fresh towels, fresh amenities from Target next door. I'm ready for my first booking. After they check in, the next day I get paid out. So I'm like, okay, this is how it work. Like, this is, I can be making money this fast. So it's like, okay, okay, cool. I see how it's going. Um, that booking, it paid, I want to say it paid for like half of my rent. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. So next weekend, I got another booking. 
and that paid for all of it. So I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Like, this is really, really cool. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I might as well get another unit in this building because it's just like, I, it, it's, it's a no brainer at this point. And then like kind of um, at this point when, you know, a guest check, at, check in, I would have to go to a hotel or something, you know? Um, so that's where the, the grind never stops. It continues. I had to, you know, get up, move out of my house, go to a hotel, find a little cheap hotel that kind of worked into the budget where it was able to, you know, make sense where I wasn't spending too much at night for what I was charging him so it was like all right cool but I can't keep doing this let me get you know another unit in the building so you know I can you know bounce from place to place when this one's mm. not booked that one's booked and vice versa and then you know it within 30 days I had got another unit so I'm up to three units within like 45 to 60 days and it just I it was a snowball effect I just kept seeing how you know more units and more doors opened up, you know, more profit. And then I'm like, okay, boom. Well, now that I have so many doors, because after the third, after my third unit, I was able to pay for my apartment without having to leave it anymore. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is cool. This pays for my living expenses. And that's really all I wanted to do is find a supplemental income source to, you know, pay for my living expenses. And it's like, well, now this is no longer a side hustle. This is actually like a full blown business and it, I just kind of, you know, started working the ropes from there and figuring out all of the systems, everything that I needed, um, trial and error. So like with the three units, I was cleaning everything myself. It became very frustrating. So I realized, you know, I got to hire somebody. I got to get a housekeeper. So boom, that's when that system came about. And then like, um, the automations and automatic key locks, you know, I had, you know, got that from Maddie and everything. So it was like, I kind of already knew how the key exchange and guests was supposed to work. But then like going on further, it's like, well, you have to, the guest interactions, texting the guests and figuring out, you know, you know, just making that experience as hospitable as possible. Well, in the hotel industry, we used to have this software where it was like a, just an automated system where the guests had an app, you know, and we sent pre-sent messages, whatever the case may be, and we messaged back and forth. So I kind of took that and, you know, tried to figure out, excuse me, how can I find a uh, automated service in the Airbnb industry that would send my guest messages and just doing further research, keep going with the information, building on the information and getting that experience. Um, it just, it turned into 30 doors and me property managing and coaching and everything you just yeah yeah and i i think that's that's what the future holds because the you're probably the third fourth maybe fourth or fifth person that i've spoken to about airbnb the second guy chris thomas i spoke to he's a multi-millionaire just off of airbnb multi-millionaire multi and i was talking to him about I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because I love the fact that you're talking about building our systems and the automation. I own a digital marketing agency with my business partner and the systems and the processes are so important, especially to help clients feel as if there's a nurturing hand around them, that there's somebody paying them attention. And I remember even when I was talking to Chris Thomas, he was talking about like tools like AirDNA. He was taught there's tools i forgot where it's like starts with a c something whereby you can like automate text messages and check-ins and check-outs with cleaners and you know it allows you to take a lot of those 
different components that uh, otherwise you would have to spend a lot of your energy, time and attention to take care. But it, it puts it into a little bit of a system that makes it easier for you to manage all of that, free up your time to yes. go get more doors and, you know, go because can the business run on its own without you, you know? So it's interesting to, to see that because you're talking about like being able to quickly, you know, get doors and, you know, build processes and systems around that. So, so that's, that's super exciting. Yes. Um, systems and automations are key to any business because everything has to run like a well oiled machine. Um, I kind of think in terms of like the Henry Ford and just like that whole streamlined system that he created. It was a problem in his business and he needed to solve it and make it as streamlined as possible. So just with in, in any business, whether it's like my digital products, whether it's Airbnb, I always try to create a system for my customers or my guests to, you know, feel like they're being nurtured the whole time I'm paying them attention, you know, they're getting the best service as possible. And then, you know, the follow up, how did you feel after, you know, your encounter with me? And all of those things are just, you know, so important, Um, not only in business, but in life, like with in relationships in general, I kind of have to, you know, turn that same, those same ideas around. And, you know, how do you nurture the people that you interact with the most? Like, you know, your closest friend and your closest family, are you nurturing those relationships? You know, is it a process? You guys have great communication, you know, just, just everything has to be in harmony and sync. And I was just telling my mastermind group that as well, like you can't build a business and your personal life is jacked up. You kind of have to, everything has to be in harmony. That's right. If your energy, if you ain't right within, like you can't win. It's not going to happen. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, and, and that's the truth because I mean, you know, if we want to go deep into things, you know, the, the law of vibration, the law of, you know, the secret or, you know, and it, it's, it's, there's so much truth to it. You know, everything is energy. And at the end of the day, whatever you are is what you're going to vibrate and attract. And if, if you think about, um, the Bible or something like that, like across like all the different like religions and understandings, like God said, like focus on what's right, focus on what's good, focus on what's going to bring other people like value. And um, if you if you look at like the world today, and you look at people that are like truly winning and leveling up in life, they they have so much love in seeing other people win and, and seeing other people level up and seeing other people like they just want to take everything and and I think the building of those systems and the building of those processes, like for example, me and my business partner, I got to look at KPIs, you know, every Monday and look at a bird's eye point of view of the entire business and say, what's the health of the business? How many people did we service? Was that this machine, wh where are the places whereby things have to be more oiled, have to be modified, have to be more streamlined? Or is there more opportunities for us to have like, maybe like a, you know, because one thing is that I, I love uh, helping content creators like monetize their, like build out systems. Like for example, one of my business partners, he's in the music industry and I was able to help build him out like a reoccurring um, membership through Kajabi 
but then Facebook ads is powering all of that up. And then, you know, it's so awesome to see from like six figures set, like to see it like this move, but then also build out like the text messages to remind people to get on the live call and like, you know, so it's like abandoned cart recovery emails and like you have to, especially if you know your vision and your heart, your energies in the right place, like building out those systems is just an extension of all of that. So it's exciting to hear that, you know, um, and people are going to be honest with you. You know, if you really delivering value, they will go bring other people in it too as well. And if you're doing garbage, like you just, you're not going to have a business for them. Yes. And the power of word of mouth is like incredible because in any of my businesses, that's what I should strive for is I strive for that experience because how do I create a memorable experience? How is this person going to remember me? How they're going to remember my business? And, you know, people always remember how you make them feel. So if you give them a memorable experience to go off there, the, the words just flow out when they're giving you a referral or they're telling other people about your business or how you make them feel. So, you know, I tell people to strive for that, like whether it's an Airbnb, whether it's, you know, Toro or anything. How did you make that person feel? How was the customer experience, the interaction and what did they take away from it? Um, it's like it's so crucial. And I always have to I think about that every single day. Like, how can I improve that customer experience? Like and that kind of that keeps me up at night sometimes. I'm like, am I providing like enough value? yeah am i giving that that value and am i giving you know the level of value that i want to and how do i you know get that across even more because sometimes it's a little hard doing that through the screen but you know you still gotta keep going and i i think to that point um especially i generate like if you 20 if you you know you know 18 and like we understand that things are digitized. We understand that people are taking their information, putting it into courses. But with that being the case, who are you? What kind of energy do you bring in those rooms? Like what kind of, because somebody can be like, oh, I got a text message telling me that, you know, the live is going to be at 7 p.m. Like, man, they really looking off. Like those little things here and there, like the email follow-ups, like, Hey, what do you think of the course? I'm giving a $20 cash app, fill out this survey real quick. Or, you know, you taking that extra time with somebody to just like answer their questions. Like, because I think nowadays people feel as if they're almost dust to a degree because you see like these larger than life, you know, people like flexing entrepreneurs, rappers. And it's almost like, man, where did I start? Okay, let me just go tap in with this person over here. But when when the type like there's a quality of attention too as well that people and we're all human beings so we can easily sense these things like if you kind of like nasty with the attention like man like yo you gonna show up in the next class anyways man like whatever like yo it's all it's time is up but if you like you know hold up like yeah I remember two years ago da, 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 in fact I could send you something right now like you you know I mean obviously at different scales things differ. But, you know, especially when you're starting off, but like as you scale, you can be like, OK, I have like maybe a upsell program whereby I can do a cohort and, you know, take uh, people that have a lot more questions and for a monthly subscription. But I think when, when it comes to people like I was talking to Sierra 
the coach's copywriter uh, who works with everybody. And she was like, how good are you at taking them to the promised land? And how do you do it? That is that is the biggest part um, when I I think about like creating my courses is like what what's the promise like that I'm I'm trying where what's the end goal that we're trying to do and how well is that journey like how what what do I see it being like in when it came to my mentorship pro- program I had to really kind of look at the the entire experience because at the time when I first started you know. It, I had just, I never had done really, you know, like a long-term mentorship other than like six to four weeks or anything. So I thought, you know, maybe coming out with this mentorship program of three months would be, you know, a good process for Airbnb hosts. Like, because I know during that three months time, you know, you're going to have many different guests. You're going to have questions. You might have your first Airbnb claim. It's so much, many things that go on during that process. You might get a new unit, so you might start expanding. Um, and I just felt like that's the time frame that people need to support. But in in doing that, I realized that the quality of my experience um, became diluted like throughout the process so then I had to kind of reverse and you know say well okay I'm gonna do a little more than four weeks I'm gonna do six weeks now because I can pack all of this information into a six week program you don't necessarily need me for the entire three weeks but you get this entire experience and then you know if you need me later on after that just you know stay tuned in and tapped into the mastermind because I'm always available there Um, so you kind of in this process, you got to tweak your systems too um, and see what works out for your customer because I, I thought it was a great idea to, you know, mentor someone for three months. But then at the same time, I'm taking on other clients during that three months. Everything kind of gets mixed up, jumbled up, and you lose that personal experience. So mm. it's like, you know, yep. let me give you guys a set amount of, you know, time and let me get all of this information in during that time. Yeah, and I think that's what's interesting uh, about what we're seeing nowadays. There's so many different models, so many different ways to chop it up. There's so many different ways to the subscription, the cohort, the one-on-one, the mentorship, this, but each to its own. Like you got to figure out where you are in your life right now and how do you deliver as much value to those people, but in a way that helps to energize and enriching you so you can pour more into your systems and, and, and keep scaling and being like, oh, wow, like I remember when it was just 10 people, but now it's a thousand people and the experience hasn't dropped off. In fact, it's gotten even better. <laughs> um, crypto, crypto, Let, let's let's, you know, as we begin to, you know, kind of wrap up um, the cryptocurrency like that's even when we were talking earlier, I was like, wow, like the airbnb i could see that more but like the cryptocurrency and yeah that kind of blew me a little bit in terms of like wow my mind was blown like wow like how did she come across crypto and get into it and you know like even the ability to really um dive into it as such a i've learned crypto from like the people i've spoken to on the show about crypto but obviously like things like this there's like deeper levels to it so yes. 
how did you get into it and how did those deeper levels occur for you and kind of like talk talk to us about crypto you know okay so going kind of going back to the whole paypal experience that that experience scarred me a little bit it, it discouraged me as an entrepreneur um it made me feel you know i didn't feel empowered at all you know mm. so it was like and entrepreneurship made me feel empowered. So to be able to lose that feeling because, you know, the reward was taken away was kind of like a shocker for me. And it it, it kind of made me look at money a certain type of way. It made me look at the financial industry a certain type of way. And then as, you know, I go on this journey and I am, you know, creating these different businesses. I'm building business credit. I'm like actually seeing how finance works from a business perspective and a personal perspective. I just, you know, the, the banking industry just left a bad taste in my mouth. So just understanding that it was another, an entirely digital system out there that, well, a digital currency out there that wasn't backed by fiat currency. It wasn't, it's not being manipulated by any government institutions or it's not owned by just one person. It, it really made me feel empowered. So it made me want to dive in more like, you know, what are the freedoms and what are the flexibilities that could be afforded to me by, you know, putting investing into digital currencies so um it just took me down a, a completely different rabbit hole and now i'm at the point where i'm trying to figure out how to work my businesses into the digital world more because right now i am like i'm 99 99 of my assets um as my personal assets are in cryptocurrency wow. and yeah, I I kind of want to live this decentralized lifestyle, so to speak, because with government institutions, they kind of they centralize you in all aspects of your life. Like they want to tell you that you were born here, so you belong here. And, you know, we're going to give you these, you know, this piece of paper, but it's not your piece of paper. You can I don't give a damn how hard you work for it. It doesn't belong to you. It's mine. And at any point I can take it from you mm -hmm. and when I really started, you know, getting into, you know, figuring out if I wanted to flip homes or not, I started realizing just like, oh, well, I can buy this home, but this is not really my land. The government can come take this land at any point in time. So it was really more so about the freedom to me um, that really got me into um, digital currencies and, you know, decentralized finance and figuring out how I was able, how am I able to turn, you know, leverage my hard, you know, work and my hard manifestations into, you know, something that can last and something that I can build for generations without it, you know, deflating every, you know, 36 months or 45 months, because that's what happens in, you know, these, that's what happens with these fiat currencies. It's just, you know, it's inflated so much that the I'm just decreasing. You can have same next worth just that that type of stuff just didn't make sense and with bitcoin and cryptocurrency i realized like these assets it's nothing tangible on this earth that is going to hold value like there is it, it it's really all man-made created value but when you actually put the value in man's hands so it's like when I'm dealing with somebody and it's like, okay, you see the value in this token and I see the value in this token, let's exchange a product or service for it. And that's it. It's just, you know, I got my value. You got your value. That's kind of how I see 
um, cryptocurrencies working for me. And that's how I kind of see it working on a global scale as well, because it gives people in other countries access to resources and, and funds and to see how like, you know, people in third world countries and, you know, underserved countries they their fiat currency in, deflates so much and it impacts the way like they live and it, it just the way the world operates in the money system just doesn't make sense to me it is it feels to me like it's kind of you know built to suppress certain people and mm. it cryptocurrency just gives people so much access to you know just the world in general and being able to expand um Wow. expand on what they already have and not be you know crushed by big governments and big banks and everything like that and it's it's fascinating because um there's a lot of uh early adopters to it there's a lot of buzz you know and there's a lot of people that don't know they haven't really read up on it they haven't studied they they just seen these other like heavy hitters kind of like talking about like yo i made a you know, I had a lick and, you know, crypto, shimbu, imbu, you know, moon, something, token, ether, you know, like, so they see that and they're like, oh, I got to jump on this right now. And he called that FOMO and it's the worst position to be in is the fear of missing out. Like, don't get into cryptocurrency with the fear of missing out. Like, that's just it's crazy because this is not a get rich quick scheme like we're talking uh we're, we're playing a long game here and what i really want people to like know is that when you get when you invest into cryptocurrency you are essentially becoming your own financial institution you are able to control whatever funds that you put into it now this this is another key i want to touch on every i see everybody is in the hype and buying crypto on robin hood please 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 stop doing that like do not buy cryptocurrency on Robinhood only because you're not actually owning that cryptocurrency that you're investing in so you're not owning that bitcoin you're not owning that dogecoin Robinhood owns it and they're just giving you it's you're basically gambling like you're just you're betting or like you're you're just betting on the the currency you know at the price point that you bought in at so it's like that's kind of why where the whole hype and the gambling aspect comes through because a lot of people are gambling through Robinhood, just investing through Robinhood and not actually owning anything. But when you own that cryptocurrency, when you own that Bitcoin, that Ethereum, that Doge, you're able to lend it out on certain protocols and platforms. You're able to, you know, stake it in. You're able to do so much with it and help the overall economy. Like you, you be essentially become the bank then. You can start lending your cryptocurrency out as, you know, an asset and you know people can take a loan out on their cryptocurrency so it's so much that you can do just don't think of it in the small term really look at it in an ownership perspective um and wow. look at it in a long-term thing um so many people ask me like when they're starting up well like what can it be used for what can i spend it on and it's like you gotta get out of that spending mindset get into what can this what can you maybe spend it on in the future? Because right now, in the current present time that we live in today, there isn't much you can like actually spend cryptocurrency on without turning it into a fiat currency. So it's like, 
you lose the value of it when you turn it back into fiat and we don't want to look at it like that we want to actually hold the value that it is in it's a digital form um so just kind of you know getting out of that spending mentality and more so how can my grandkids spend this or mm. you know how can this impact them will they be able to you know buy a grocery store or will they be able to buy a home with this investment that i make right now so wow that's a, that's i love that the long-term thinking of and it's crazy because the early adopters especially the ones that i mean it must suck to be an early adopter who had like a somewhat sizable chunk and then sell it off for nothing and then see like two years and you're just like ah like i could have been sitting on something crazy right now um there's so many points pop like every week i see some crazy coin named shimbo in like what what you see like the, what what's your advice to people getting into cryptocurrency because it it seems like it's very very like it is decentralized so anybody can just wake up and be like all right vv coin today and yes I, I got a huge marketing team i'm a, i'm an influencer like let's go ahead and push it out there um and i remember there was something like clout coins you know yes yeah. so like because i'm confused i can you explain like how does somebody start with cryptocurrency okay so this is the first thing that i would suggest is getting with a a community finding your tribe because this that's the biggest thing when it comes to cryptocurrency is it's all community based it's peer to peer transacting so you want to get with your peers you want to get with a community of people that you know you can you feel comfortable with you feel comfortable with asking questions and you know asking advice um and that that's kind of where you start out it's kind of find a, a community that you can you know start asking questions and moving around but then also when you think about like smaller um coins so you know you have your big coins like you know bitcoin i mean you have your big coins like bitcoin and ethereum and cardano and you know all of those big big name coins and those are good investments but if you're thinking those are good investments if you actually want to buy you know whole ethereum or buy whole bitcoins and you know collateralize them those are good investments but if you're thinking about okay how do i get into it from an angle of you know retail i want to invest in these smaller coins and you know get a larger gain and then be able to purchase my bitcoin or my ethereum and my name brand coins with those profits um when it comes to looking at coins and research do your research and what is the technology behind it what is you know the mission behind these companies and um really you know see what that project is actually about be and that's kind of how you decipher on what to invest in um is pretty much you know what they have going on behind it. because it's like a lot of people they can pop up with a cryptocurrency overnight but does what are they trying to do with this like are they trying to you know have this as a coin that can be used for merchant services do like what is it going to be actually used for what's the underlying underlining technology behind it and then you know take that research back to your group and then ask them have has anybody been doing research on this mm-hmm. and, you know 
kind of, you know, take it a step further from there. But that community is going to be highly, highly important. I wouldn't be anywhere without my community. And when and then when it comes to people in my cryptocurrency mastermind, they say the same things. Like it's so many times, like years ago when we were all just like really small, when it was like 10, 15 of us. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then we're all coming in like a boatload now. They'd be like, you the cryptocurrency queen. And I feel like people like, imagine like one of these people that had like the communities and everybody was like, man, shut up. Nobody want to get in your community. And as soon as crypto, like, yo, yo, let me in, let me in, let me in, yo. And it's kind of interesting because you see like a lot of creators that had those communities. They were like, mm, you missed out on the play last night. Like, yo, we just flipped it, tripped it, quadrupled, don't double dick it. Like, I was like, yo, like it, it's interesting too, because that serves as like a way it's marketing too as well because you know fear missing out people see that they're like yo i gotta get in now like it's you know you know how people think like yo it's hot like it's bubbling like yo shanique with this hit like and it's like but nah it's it's (laughs) i love the buzz behind it like actually um because it's 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 showing a lot of flaws well not even flaws but it's showing it's making the 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 economy, the crypto, you know, ecosystem move a lot faster. So we're getting the buy the, the more adaptation that people have, we have to, you know, update our systems and our processes. And we, we need some make- black coin. That's what we need. We need some black coin, yo. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like I feel I felt that right there. Like I, I really felt that because that is gonna be so important in like just just getting this, uh, I need this to spread like wildfire. That's how I feel about cryptocurrency. Like mm-hmm. everybody needs to know about it in some type of capacity and make a sound decision on it, whether they want to invest or not, or how they want to play this fiat currency game with the government. Because at that point, it's like, are you do you do you want to be free or do you want to be oppressed? And that that's what it's going to determine of how like this new society works are we working in a a freely based is this really a free country or is it something behind the scenes that you guys are not telling us are you really trying to keep us in this sense of you know you know yeah that's right but i really do i I love the hype um behind the the whole cryptocurrency movement and just the adaptation because it's like we need more people in this space. We need more people moving and shaking and holding money and to just solidify that this is something that can be used globally and that everybody doesn't have to jump on the wave. And every like there's some crypto enthusiasts out there that says, you know, that cryptocurrency is going to turn into the dominant world currency. And I don't necessarily believe that because everybody has their own opinions. Everybody feels a certain type of way. Um, and then a lot of people love their governments. They love their country. They gonna mm-hmm. rock with them into whatever. So it's like they're going to, you know, be backed by their fiat currency. So I don't think it's going to be a global currency, but just have everybody having options. That's that's the thing for me. It's like allowing everyone to have equal options to choose from. And a lot of people in in underserved countries don't have that option. They only have to, you know, deal with the oppression. And that's the biggest thing for me is is freedom. Like I want to truly feel free on this earth in all mm. aspects. Um so that that's just 
it, when I say cryptocurrency makes me feel empowered, it, it makes me feel like, you know, I am a free person. I am a sovereign person. I can move and shape throughout this world without being held back by any, you know, any institutional instruments. So, mm. wow, that that's that's deep. I, I felt that. I, I definitely felt that. Um, yeah, this is definitely probably one of the best uh, podcasts. I ain't just trying to say it like, yo, you probably said it to everybody. Yo, um, but this this right here and the way you think and the, the way you're able to see these structures and these systems and you're like Catwoman, like you just like build your own, you know, and that's that's super amazing. I feel like I can't, I can't wait to see more people tap into that. But you know, as we definitely wrapping up can you talk to people about like your services and your masterminds and kind of like you know how well uh, why people should join and like what they can expect once they're inside um well just going a little bit into the services that i offer so um i am an airbnb coach and i like i said i tap into the whole idea of community so whatever products and services that i offer just know that it's always going to be a community of people attached to i am not just going to be your only source of information i want you to be able to you know interact network with other people in the same industries that have different experiences so um i do offer an airbnb mastermind um and we just you know focus on building a community of airbnb hosts but we take it a step further and it's I really need to change the name to the sharing economy Airbnb because we dive into everything from Airbnb to Toro to uh, cryptocurrency. Um, and it's just really just a, a really, you know, welcoming community and atmosphere for you to, you know, just learn how to build them side hustles up because that's I, I be trying to get people where the money reside and I be trying to get you hey. to that financial freedom and that goal that you have set in your mind and we take it a step further and it's you know personal development and everything that it takes to really be a, a mastermind in this world that's why i loved your podcast so much like when i first saw the name i was like oh my gosh i gotta get on this podcast <laughs> because the power of a mastermind is like so crucial just having that you know having people to bounce ideas off of and get their different viewpoints and their experiences um is key when it comes to success um and one of my favorite books um they can grow rich by napoleon hills emphasize the importance of that mastermind alliance so if you can find you a group of people that you know have the same ideals and you know they're on the same type of mission as you and can spread information i, I would definitely say tap in um then definitely definitely especially what's going on nowadays i mean yeah this, look mastermind is listening to this episode and you're saying to yourself you know the sharing economy which is not slowing down anytime soon it's it's speeding up tap in tap in tap in with lord leia you know um i mean you just heard the conversation look you know uh at the end of the day it's either you learn and you earn and you develop or you could be the person you know looking from the outside saying dang i wish you know i hopped in i wish i had tapped in and by then it's a little late a little too gone and you know things are moving differently so if you're looking for that information cryptocurrency you're looking to roll you're looking for airbnb tap in with lord leia 
All right. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Um, I this is the absolute best podcast that I've been on. Actually, it's my first podcast. So. Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> we, there you go. I took the podcast virginity. <laughs> Yes, I, this is my first podcast and I loved it. It was like, we got to do this more often because I, I love how, you know, natural the dialogue was. This was an amazing experience. So thank you. Yeah, now thank you and thank you for being you and thank you for absorbing the information and setting those goals and saying, this is the type of person I want to become and saying no to the foolishness and saying no to the distractions because if you didn't do all those things and set things in motion, you wouldn't be in that position to empower and encourage and uplift and help other people transform their lives, their families' lives and generations' lives down the line. And not only that, but keep that momentum moving forward and keep scaling and keep building. So now definitely thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much. Um, yes. uh, if there's anything that you ever need from me, you know, I'm here. Like happen and let me know because I, I love what you're doing with this community and I love how many you know entrepreneurs that you have made a platform and you share the information so freely like this platform is amazing like man I thank y'all 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 the ones y'all the superheroes man you you catwoman over here you you crypto hero <laughs> Airbnb so it, it's, it's exciting to, to see it all and I think our community is just you just seeing these creative expressions of business and com community you're just seeing things out of the blue whereby it's like wow like that person had that in them the entire time and like they finally got the opportunity or they heard something or saw something that finally helped them you know bring it out of them so i'm grateful and with that hey i appreciate you for listening to the mastermind your life podcast again don't forget to follow me on instagram t-o-l-u dot o-w-o-y-e-m-i and blow up my inbox man i need to hear your suggestions feedback people i need to interview next topics i need to cover again i appreciate all y'all and while you're at it you might as well go to apple and drop that review let's get it Rah.